You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Hey guys, today's Soulful Sunday. And on this episode, I've invited someone who's doing what only a small percentage of the population is doing. Uh, she's turned her passion into a career. And my reason for having uh, today's guest on the show is because she's someone who has figured out how to create a blueprint for doing what you love to do for a living. The truth of the matter is there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now who may very well be driving to a dead-end job that they really don't like, or they're trying to figure out how to turn that passion, that love of something, into a thriving business. So Carrie Whipke is here to tell us today how to do that, and she's going to share her personal story of success. Carrie, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Good. I'm glad you took the time out. I know your day is full, and you have an appointment right after this interview, so tell our listeners a little about what you do, and then we'll discuss it more throughout the interview. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've been a personal trainer for over 10 years now. I, I started out just teaching boot camps at a park and built up to where I was personal training in gyms and then didn't really enjoy that a whole lot. I, I really liked working for myself, so transitioned into personal training on my own and just building up clientele base that was just, you know, one-man show working, working for myself and absolutely loved it. So I've been doing that for 10 years now, and um, it's just I've realized over, over the time of spending intimate uh, time with my clients that there's a lot of conversations that we have when we're talking about their life and, and experiences, and over time I realized I'm really enjoying this part of, of, of my coaching. I enjoy talking to people about mindset and, and what they can do with their life. And so I'm currently going back to school to do life coaching and add some more modalities to my tool belt. So that's kind of where I am right now. And then before you know it, you're going to have your own podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's the goal for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I've known you now for a few years and it's, it's neat how we met. I saw you with how you interact with your clients at the gym and yeah. this is when Lena was starting to get back into working out after she had the baby, our son. And I put you two together and she comes home and says, that's the best workout I've ever had. And that's every time she works out <laughs> with you. So uh, you, you're doing, yeah, you're doing a great job. And I really believe that your clients come to you uh, not only for, you know, a, a, a workout, but like you said, it's, it's, it's a big mindset. You know, you, mm-hmm, you, right. you have to have that mindset uh, and a goal to strive for. You're someone who has an extremely high level of self-awareness. I want to ask you this. What's your definition of success? Happiness. Number one, happiness. Yes, number one, absolutely. I, I, honestly, that's, that's it. If you are happy doing what you're doing, no matter how much money you make doing it, you're successful, period. The, the follow-up is this, because people are hearing this, and they're going to ask you or me, if you were, yeah. if you were here, they're going to ask you, hey, Carrie, have you always been this way? Or do you have to go through a major soul-searching process? <laughs> and that's probably going to take yeah. about three or four episodes. But let's get, touch on uh-huh. that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could talk. I could talk for a while on this one. Um, absolutely not. No, there was a time in my life, I would say, I would take it back to pretty much after I had my, my second child. And just realizing I don't really have a purpose. I have nothing that, nothing that really excites me. 
I don't have a hobby. I just, I kind of was lost in, I just had, I just didn't have an identity. I didn't have purpose. I didn't feel happy and really struggled with, with that and, and just uh, not knowing what, what do I want to do with my life? And um, so that was kind of the start of, of just feeling lost and, and, and just not really knowing what to do with my life. And it really climaxed after my last baby, my fourth. And I just really downward spiraled into um, eating disorders and just felt like I didn't really have a whole lot of purpose or control over my life. And so that was just kind of a direction I ended up going and um, didn't, I mean, obviously wasn't expecting myself to go there. And at, at that point, I just remember thinking, I don't know, what am I going to do? Like, this is, this is such a horrible place to be. I'm so unhappy. I'm, uh, I'm not even, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't getting better. I was actually getting worse. And um, luckily one of my outlets was working out. Now I did become obsessive over that. So I had to learn how to control that as well and find a good balance in my workouts. But because I worked out on a regular basis, I had people that, would come to me and ask me, Hey, can you help me work out? I want to, you know, I want to learn what you know. And it was something that I was so passionate about and, and loved. So I started teaching people. And so that became something that I was, that I was interested in and, and what I thought was my full purpose. Now I can see that it's morphing into something else over the years, but that became something that made me happy. And uh, so I was able to use some of my pain to become my purpose. That's okay. So Seth Nichols, you know, we work out the same gym and Seth is the yoga instructor over there at the community right. center. And he, he was on the show not too long ago. And he was talking about the same situation where there's addictions, healthy un, and right. unhealthy. I guess he said they're all pretty much addictions. So right. you turn to working out. Why not the bottle? Why not the drugs? Why not we? Right. You know, why, why not you? Why did you turn to working out and not the go the other way into abusive right. substance? So I'm asking you, why didn't you do that? Well, because of the religion that I was in, um, that was very, I, I, it was just a rule to not, um, to not participate in any um, alcohol or drugs. So it just wasn't ever something that I even thought to turn to. Um, luckily, I mean, and I, and I think of that as definitely a blessing in disguise, because I don't know if I would have gone down that road, not to, not to diminish the, the pain and the struggle of exercise addiction and food addictions, because that's, it's very real and extremely painful and hard to overcome because you got to eat and everybody thinks when you work out, you're healthy. So it was there, you know, you can, you can live without alcohol, you can live without drugs, but you can't live without food. So you really eat this addiction. You have to learn how to keep it in your life and find a healthy way to, to use it every single day. How bad did it get? Uh, it got to the point where I, it started with um, basically just working out and wanting to get my body in shape because of the babies I had gained. Um, I had gotten up to a size 16, which was not healthy for my body type, mm -hmm. and I wasn't happy. So it started working out. It was a very healthy way of going about it that I, was, that I started doing it, but I started seeing the numbers drop and, and really liked Seen that I had control over that and that I wanted to see the numbers go down more and more and more. And eventually I realized, oh, if I eat a little bit less, I, those numbers can go down faster. If I work out a little bit more, add another class, add another hour, 
and um, eventually turned into anorexia. And I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing, but dropped down to a size zero. A yeah, sixteen to a zero. Right. And right. How, and how long? Um, now that size sixteen was my highest with my second baby. So I would lose a little bit of weight and then get pregnant again, lose a bit of a little weight and, and gain again. So that's over a couple years time period. After my last baby, I was probably at like a size 12 because I would work out a little bit while I was, um, while I was pregnant with him. And it was a very healthy, you know, approach to exercise at that point. And, but after I had him, I'm, I'm, I'm not having any more babies. I'm really going to just like kick it in gear and get my body in shape and feel good about myself. And so it was probably about a size 12 to a size zero, uh, in less than a year. So, and size zero, meaning like bones were, were protruding, clothes were falling off of me. I probably should have gone into like a, a teenager or, you know, sizes. And so it was, it was really, it was bad. And I had family that was concerned and it made me angry because I thought, you know, how dare you? You have no idea how hard I've worked to get to this. And, um, you know, I, luckily I didn't, I didn't go long enough where I had, was hospitalized. Um, but I got to a point where I really was so hungry cause I was working out about six hours a day, uh, eating about 500 calories. So my body was, was, was pretty, pretty worked and it was, it was running on fumes literally. Uh, so I eventually started deciding, oh, I can add a little bit of food in. And once I did that, the guilt that I had for eating it was just overwhelming. So I started throwing up. So then that was the start of bulimia and and binge eating because I just I I couldn't go back to anorexia it was just way too hard to starve myself again my body wouldn't let me go there as much as I wanted to um so it was binge eating and purging and that went on for about seven years of struggling with that off and on there would be times where I would I would be able to abstain from purging but the binging was consistently a weekly even sometimes daily experience for me. When did that stop? And how did it turn around for you? Um, so this was about four years ago. I lived in California at the time and I was doing my second bodybuilding show. Um, so are you familiar with that? It's basically, you know, the, the, the girls that are on, on the, sh on the um, stages and they're in bikinis and they're just showcasing the muscles that they have or the, the nice lean physique that they have. And I was doing the, the more slender physique. So it wasn't all, you know, huge bodybuilding look. Cause that wasn't really a, a look that I liked. I liked more of the lean muscular look. And so I was doing my second bodybuilding show, which was the reason why I was doing it was to try to get my body in shape the way that I, you know, wanted it to look. And like, I thought that was the answer just be super strict and, and it was extremely unhealthy and probably should have gone to the hospital on the day of my show because of how unhealthy I was that day. Uh, but you look at my body from the outside, if you look at pictures, it's like, wow, you're rocking. You look amazing. So looks, it's deceiving. Just because someone looks healthy on the outside does not mean that they are on the inside. This whole process, there wasn't that voice anywhere within you coming from the soul, your mind, nothing saying, hey, look, you're not living healthy. You heard it from other people. Oh, yeah. Were you in denial? Oh, Did you know it or not know it? Oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew it every single day, every second of the day, but I just didn't know how to get out of it. I had no idea how to break it. And because I thought what I was thinking was if I get my body a certain way, then I'll be happy. Because really what I was ultimately wanting was happiness and self-love. And I didn't realize that's what I wanted. I thought, 
the perfect body will bring me happiness. Uh, so I was just, I was going about it reverse. I was working on my body rather than my mental state. Mm -hmm. And, and then I thought once I got the body, the mental state will fall into place and it just doesn't work that way ever. So I, after my last show, I gained 30 pounds within literally weeks and that put me into the ultimate depression. Um, my kids were not with me. They were with their dad. Uh, for for the summer and that was the first time they'd ever been away with me from me and I that added to my depression to the point where I couldn't get out of bed I was just I would oversleep alarms I just I was just I was losing it and and I can't do that this business is my business I don't make money unless I'm I'm working and my body was just shutting down just in all in all parts, physically, mentally, everything. This was the turning point. This and I remember laying in bed just thinking, what are you doing? You've been doing this for 10 plus years and you're, you're here. You're back to, you're always getting back to the beginning. You know, you, you think that if you just do this one diet or if you just work out more or you, you, you do these exercises, then, then you'll be happy. And like, none of this is, you're doing, you're on this like hamster wheel, getting nowhere. And it was just this aha moment of, I'm doing it all wrong. I have to, I have to love myself. Like, how do I love myself? Like, I, I don't know how to get there. How do I do this? And because I put it out there in the universe, I, I do believe that when we have thoughts of wanting to shift something within our lives and we, and we, we set the intention of, okay, now I want this, that those exp more experiences will come into your life to help you with that. You'll get tools. And so a book fell into my lap and it was called The Power. And I can't remember how I came about it. I think one of my clients was talking about it. Um, it's by the author that wrote The Secret. Um, Rhonda um, Burns. Byron, is that, Burns. Is that her last name? R Rhonda Burns. Burns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's by that author. And, um, I just, I, I went actually to go get the secret and the power was right next to it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get that. And the whole book was about love, 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 everything. Like the, the key to, to happiness and loving and your life and all of that is love, love, love your life, love the people you're around, love your home that you're in, love yourself. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I don't love myself. I don't, I don't love, I'm not, I'm not in love with anything in my life. I'm just functioning. And it was, it was, so there was my shift right there. Okay. I need to start loving myself. How do I love myself? Now more and more experiences came into my life to show me how to do that. And that, that was my shift was okay I need to I need to change my relationship with food. I need to stop restricting myself. I need to start loving the food that I'm eating, no matter what it is, whether it's a donut or it's a salad. I need to love it instead of constantly like making myself feel like I'm a, like I just murdered someone because I ate a donut. Um, I, I need to change that. I need to change the way that I talk to myself. Uh, and when I look at myself in the mirror, I need to change the way that I verbalize my how I feel about my body to my friends and to my to my clients and and anybody I gotta ask you because there's no, I'm not the only one thinking this right now earlier in the conversation the interview you had said you came from a very religious uh, background mm -hmm. okay which right. which was what uh, the Latter-day Saint Mormons okay isn't their foundation belief based on love 
What do you mean? Well, you said you needed to love yourself, right? Right, right. The, the religion that you were born into and you practiced as a young girl until you got to a certain age, wasn't there love from the religion? Yeah, I I mean, there's there's definitely, they do talk a lot about love. Um, I think that, unfortunately, my personality is more of a perfectionist. And so I kind of didn't really hear that message. I heard all the rules and neat ways I needed to be and do. And, and um, I focused on all of that. And it was just, I, it was really hard for me to live up to the standards of what the church was expecting me to be and do. And so therefore I felt like I was a bad person and never and good enough. That I, right. And never good enough because they say you need to be perfect, but we're, none of us are going to be perfect. That, that Christ is going to save you, you know? And so, and so I, I, I heard that, but what I heard is you have to be perfect. I couldn't hear the whole thing. So it was really challenging for me as my personality to be able to be in that religion and not take everything so literal and, and put so much pressure on myself to be perfect and to do everything perfect. And that's just impossible. And the thing is, is that we're all enough, period. We are enough exactly where we are. And, um, and, and that feels so good to, to know that and believe it and, and just, to practice that in my life and, and know that I am, I'm always whole. I'm always enough. What do you tell the person, Carrie, that's listening to this right now saying, oh my gosh, I can relate to everything this woman's saying mm -hmm. and I want what she wants. I want to love myself. I want to take this passion I have for an idea, a career, and I want to turn into, right. I want to turn into a, a thriving business. Let's talk about that for a second because that's what you're doing yeah. right now. I mean, you come a long way. So how did you right. do that? share that with the audience and the people listening who want to do the same thing you just did or that you've done. So um, do you want me to talk about the business or how I changed my yeah, mindset? Yeah, the mindset, obviously the mindset okay. came first. So talk about right. that because that's what, it, before you can do anything, you have to have the mindset and the vision to create what you want, right? right. Okay. So right. after you made the shift and got in, in the right mindset, then you said, okay, mm -hmm. I can, I, you got a, obviously you, you got a glimpse of how that felt. Right. And you didn't want to go back yeah, the other I, way. I actually, I actually started my business full blown in the eating disorder. So I, I just have kind of a fire in me to just, um, to just jump. And, and I don't ha I don't fear failure at all. I just, it just, and that's, that's it. You have to just, if you feel fear, acknowledge it and then go, thank you so much, but I'm not going to listen to you. And, and just jump. You're never going to be, all your eggs aren't going to be perfectly in a row. They're, they never will to start that business or start whatever that you, you want to do, but you're afraid of. Um, so you got to just, just go. I, I didn't, when I started my, when I was working in a gym and I decided, you know what, I need to, I, I don't like doing this. I don't like being in a gym. I'm not making enough money. I, I really want to work on my own. I put in my two weeks notice. And my boss said, you're making the worst decision of your life. This is, it was at the USC gym in California. And those gyms, they're not very big here in Arizona, but they're huge in California. And it's the best paying gym, at least when I was there. Mm -hmm. And he said, you, you are an amazing coach. You can make so much money here. Like, just, just stick it through. But I just, I knew that I didn't want to do that. I wasn't happy there. 
And I wanted to be able to make my own rules, train people the way I wanted to train, have the hours that I wanted to have because I was a single mom and I wanted to, I didn't want to have my kids in the gym daycare all day long. And maybe, you know, other people's kids wouldn't be in the gym daycare, but they'll be in daycare. I wanted my kids to be able to go to my gym if I wanted them to be there with me and be able to work out with me or play with other kids because it's my rules. It's my business. So I, I wanted to be able to have that flexibility and I knew that I needed it. I wasn't going to be happy unless I changed that. So that was your driving I, force behind you. Knew your heart. That was yes. your soul. That's got to be coming from the heart. That's just the soul. what I wanted. Higher, yeah. I I knew I wasn't going to be happy, and I didn't want to go to a job that I didn't love for you know eight nine hours a day, because it was it was a lot of hours that we were there, and uh, I just didn't want to do it. And so I I just I jumped, and I didn't. I mean, you can't take clients with you. So I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do it. I just started telling um, friends of mine, hey, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to be at a park. I'm going to be training out of my apartment gym. I didn't even, I didn't, I had a couple of pairs of dumbbells and some jump ropes, maybe some uh, cones, some yellow cones. I didn't have, I didn't have anything. So, and uh, built up clientele base to the point where then I was able to open up my own facility and um, went and moved to a different facility that was a little bit bigger. That was in California. And then I felt inspired to move to Arizona. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I've spent, I've just spent like the last couple of years building, building this my clientele. clientele base up. Right. Yeah. And it was, I was thriving. I was so happy there, but I could not deny the fact that I was supposed to be in Arizona. And this is where my family lives. And, but to move, it's not just, okay, start up at a new job. I have to restart my whole entire business all over again. But you had a blueprint. You had the blueprint for success. Yeah, exactly. But I, and I knew I can do it because I'd done it once. I can do it again. Yeah. So as scary as it was, it still was scary. I, I was moving my three children and myself to Arizona to a place that I knew only one person, my little sister, everybody else. And it was a small town on top of that. So people have their specific people that they go to, their specific classes. It's a lot harder establishing a business in a small town than it is in some place that's bigger. So I took a gamble by moving here. I had nothing. I just had a couple of, I had some money say, uh, money put aside from some equipment that I had moved, that I had um, sold in California and started teaching boot camps all over again here because I knew I needed to get my name out there. I needed people to see me and start talking about me, then started personal training in my garage uh, with the intention of moving to a facility. And now I'm, I have, I have decided to stay in my garage because I love the intimacy of it. I love that I'm home so I can go inside with my kids. Um, I'm, it's just, I'm close. It's just really convenient. So I've just chosen to keep it here, but I've been able to build up my business once again to where I have a full clientele base. You jump so and you all, develop the wings yeah, along the way. Yeah. It's all about how bad do you want it and stop procrastinating. There's never a perfect time. Just like there's never a perfect time to have a baby. There's always some excuse that you can make up to why you need to, to, to delay it. Now that is if you want a family, if you don't want you know, whatever, if you don't want one, that's fine. But that's just an example of there's always an excuse to not start. And there's always something that you need to do more to before you can feel like, you know, it's ready. So uh, that's my biggest, my biggest advice is just jump. You'll learn along the way. I've learned so many things about what I should and shouldn't do for my business that I would have never been able to learn without the experience, without living it and going through it and going, oh, yeah, probably shouldn't do that successfully for me. I got this. I'm going to keep doing this. This works. Yeah, experience is the best teacher. So yeah. how about the fact that now you have been working uh, really for yourself for the last 
how many years? Would you say six? Uh, over 10 years. Over 10 yeah. years. Yeah. I, I mean, because I, I taught like little boot camps in Cal- in Air- uh, when I lived. So I lived in Arizona before, moved to California a while, and now I'm back in Arizona. When I was in Arizona, um, in the full-blown eating disorder and exercise addiction, that's when friends of mine were like, hey, I would like you to, you know, teach me what you know. And so I started like little side boot camps. So it was just like some little supplemental income. Um, when I moved to California, that's when I made, that's when I actually really started working full time into, in, in the fitness industry. Do any of your clients come to you with eating disorders now? Uh, yes, definitely. I've had quite a few clients that have confided in me that they either are struggling with eating disorders or that they used to struggle with an eating disorder. And that's why they came to me because I very openly talk about it on social media. Um, my experience, what I've went through uh, in quite a bit of detail because really there's a lot of shame around that disorder and nobody wants to admit that they have that kind of a problem, but it's an epidemic. There are women and men that are thousands and thousands that are struggling with their relationship with food and their relationship with their body. And unless people start speaking up and saying, Hey, I went through it and I was able to overcome it. People are going to think this is something that's just going to always be, this is going to be me. This is my identity. This is my illness. This is my sickness. And, and it, and it becomes who they are and they don't ever feel like they can, they can change. So I feel like because I was able to work through it and, um, and be able to heal that it is my responsibility to just shout at the rooftops that this is possible to heal from. I need to ask yeah. you this because there's thousands of people listening to this podcast right now and a good yeah. percentage of them may have uh, friends or family who are, right. are, are themselves dealing with this issue. So your biggest weapon against eating disorders would be what? Uh, first of all, do not own it anymore. This is, that is not your identity. You are enough. You are whole. Um, and second of all, start working on loving yourself. And what is it? What is it? And start uh, paying attention to your feelings. Because really, whatever the reason is, and, ever, and people have different reasons why they, they fall into those, those habits with food. But that's all it is. It's a bad habit. It's a really, really bad habit that you have decided that it's, it's un, it's, um, you can't change it. So it's all about tuning into your emotions. There's, there's something that you're hiding from that you don't want to feel. And so you've gotten really, really good at finding something else to focus on, which is food and your hate for your body. So it could be sadness, it could be anger, it could be hurt, whatever it is, it's something uncomfortable that you don't want to feel. And our bodies, the biggest takeaway is that our body is always working for us. It is never working against us. It is giving us signs every day, all day long to take care of it. And so when it is turning to an eating disorder, it's just trying to take care of you because there's something else you're not wanting to face and so until you can start facing that on a regular basis, day after day, and it's extremely painful and hard, I got really, really, really good at not paying attention to my emotions and my feelings. So I'm a very sensitive person. I, I, I feel a lot. And I got really good at just shutting that all down because it hurt too much. And I just focused on my body and food. And that, that felt safer to me than actually feeling the emotions. So it was a suppression of feelings. Yes, Absolutely feelings and just and then and it's just it's bad habits of constantly putting yourself down and letting food be your drug of choice your food that's a way to escape it's another it's a, just a different version of escape 
So until you start finally just going, you know what, I'm done. I'm facing myself. I'm facing my emotions. I'm facing my situation that I'm in right now. And that's when you'll see a shift. And it's not, it's not the next day. This takes, it's a process. This takes a, a sure. while. Yeah. It's a process. So you, what I have to understand is this, you gave up the, the feelings of negativity about who you, the story you had about yourself right. that you were supporting for the longest time. You change your story, you change your process, and you ultimately change your results. Absolutely. So, yes. so now there's people who want to reach out to you and ask you for more advice because our time here on this podcast is coming to a close for this episode. We believe yeah. me, you'll be back. Right. So how can people yes, find? How can people find you before we go? Um, I'm on Facebook a lot. I do have an Instagram, but my Facebook is better. It's Carrie Evans Whipkey. So it's K A R I. Evans is E-V-A-N-S, and Whipkey is W-H-I-P as in Peter, K-E-Y. Carrie Evans Whipkey. That's Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you have, yeah. do you have, are you working on a website? I don't. I, because my clientele base is full, I don't, um, I just don't need it. Gotcha. I have enough clients that I, I haven't, I haven't felt the need to put up a website. I'm a big outside the box business owner. <laughs> mm -hmm. cool. And, and, and it works and it works for you. Yeah, it does. Next, it does. Next time we have you back on the show, we're going to continue this conversation. Before I let you go, I have to ask you if your life was a book, the title of that book would be what, Carrie? I am powerful. Kind of take a full circle of that. That's the book that kind of put you mm -hmm. in a different course in life, didn't it? The power. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that. The power. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. There you go. <laughs> we loved having you. So go do what you got to do. Thank you again for your time. Yeah. And I'll tell Lena you said hello. She loves you as a trainer, for as sure. a friend. You guys, that was Carrie Whipkey. You have her <laughs> information. And if you want to reach out to her, Facebook is a way to do it. All right, Carrie, until next time, have a nice evening. Thank you so much, Brett. All Good right. night. Bye-bye.